and then I'll pray and ask God's blessing upon it, and uh, we can be seated. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for your word. Lord, you are the living word of God, and you've given us the written word of God right here, Lord, to learn more about you and to know the wisdom of God, and I pray that you'd help us tonight as we continue on in Ecclesiastes. And Lord, you gave it to us for a reason. And I pray that we would be students of the Word and that we would study the Word. Not just read it, but study it, Lord, to understand it. Study to show ourselves approved. And I pray, Holy Spirit of God, that please, you would guide me and help us all, Lord, illuminate the Scripture to us tonight, Lord, so we'd understand it the way that you want us to, Lord, the wisdom of God. And I pray for that tonight. I ask your blessing upon us in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. All right, we left off last week with verse 17, and uh, this is Ecclesiastes. This is uh, some, uh, I've seen some new faces in here tonight. Uh, I'd like to, I didn't mention my brother and sister-in-law over here, Brent and Kayla Fultz, and uh, they serve as youth pastor, and Kayla, you're not the youth pastor, are you? No. Okay, I didn't think so. So Brent's the youth pastor, and Kayla's his wife, obviously. They're up at Loomis Park Baptist Church in uh, Jackson, Michigan. And so they're up there. They're just down for vacation, coming, passing through. Uh, he's from originally down in Virginia, uh, south of Richmond a little ways. And so he's just passing through and uh, all of that. And so some other faces, maybe first time here tonight. Uh, we are in Ecclesiastes. God used Solomon here, okay? And in, in the book of Proverbs, he gave Solomon his wisdom to write some things in his younger years. And then here in Ecclesiastes, in his older years... And it seems as if it's a negative or depressing book sometimes when you read the beginning of it. But God gives us some wisdom through the eyes of a man to compare with even the book of the Proverbs of God's wisdom to see the difference here. But we learn some things through that. And so we've been going through it verse by verse. We're in chapter 7, verse 18 tonight. The Bible says, It is good that thou shouldest take hold of this, Yea, also from this withdraw not thine hand, for he that feareth God shall come forth of them all. Now, to understand the verse 18, it's, it's in the context of the last two verses. The last two verses, 16 and 17, is what we ended with last week. Okay, if you remember that, in verse 16 it says, Be not righteous over much. In verse 17 it says, Be not over much wicked. All right, And we looked at that balance last week. How uh, sometimes we can get overzealous in man's religion and take, uh, the, take the, uh, the things of, uh, that we follow after or chase after faith of our faith that outside the boundaries of the Word of God and sometimes go way too far. And uh, we see that all over the world. And, and, and then other times we can be over much wicked. We can be pointing out things in other people's lives, trying to force our opinions and our standards upon other people. And, and there's a balance there. God's saying, hey, don't be righteous over much and don't be over much wicked. And let's just stay right here where God wants us to be. And uh, uh, he says, it is good, verse 18, that thou shouldest take hold of this. We need to pay attention to this. We need to get an understanding of this. Listen, moms and dads, many of you already know this. Grandma and grandpas, if we have things in our lives standards and things, things in our home that we hold to and we say, this is the way it is. Now, our children need to obey and we need to teach them to obey. 
But as they mature, we need to teach them why that is the case. You with me tonight? It's not, it's not just, well, do it because daddy said so. Well, yeah, okay, when they're three, there's some understanding to that. They, they're not going to understand everything we do. Okay? I was, uh, I was young. I was in kindergarten when I got saved and baptized. Okay? I didn't understand baptism. I was, I was a little boy. But my preacher said, you got saved, so get baptized. That's what the Bible says. Get saved, get baptized. So I did. I didn't understand it all. It wasn't until I matured in the Word of God that I understood why He told me to do it. And I said, man, I'm glad He told me to do it. It's the first step of obedience. Then I can grow after that. And so what I'm telling you tonight is, is that uh, be, be thoughtful in this thing. We set thir- certain things for our homes. But as our children mature, they've got to understand the why if they're going to grab it for themselves. That's why Sunday school is important. Amen? That's why Wednesday night Bible teaching is important. That's why discipleship is important. When people are growing in the Word of God. We don't, we, we, I mean, Sunday, Sunday preaching is important also. You understand that. Preaching the Word of God and, and people making decisions at the altar. But there comes a time to develop our, uh, the, the understanding and growth in the Word of God. Let us not be babes in Christ feasting on the milk of the Word. Let us be growing, having that meat of the word. Amen. Amen. Praise God for it. Amen. All right. So he's saying here, it is good. Verse 18. It is good that thou shouldest take hold of this. That balance. Look at the last part. For he that feareth God shall come forth of them all. You have respect unto God and his word and and fear him and walk before him. You're going to have success in, in your Christian life here. Meaning success with God in God's eyes and God's standards. All right. Look at verse 19. Wisdom strengtheneth the wise more than ten mighty men which are in the city. God's putting an importance upon wisdom here, isn't he? Okay. All right. Solomon had already said this in the beginning of of his life when God gave him wisdom. He says it multiple times in the book of Proverbs. How wisdom is better than mighty men. That wisdom is going to help you to take a city more than, than all these men that can scale the walls or whatever, whatever he said. He said it multiple times. Uh, here's one for you if you'd like to write it down. Proverbs 21, 22. Proverbs 24, 5. Uh, two of them there. And God gives strength to the righteous when we seek his wisdom, not man's wisdom. It's good for your pastor to remember that. Right? Because sometimes I think, well, this looks like this sounds like a good idea. Right? Sometimes I go to the deacons, hey guys, this sounds like a good idea. Well, God, give me wisdom. Your wisdom. Bible says in the New Testament, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth liberally, right? God will give you wisdom. If you want it, you ask for it. I'm gonna tell you what, I ask for wisdom on a daily basis. You realize I have four children I'm trying to raise? Raising a daughter. Man, alive. Woo! What in the world? I am lost in that thing. God, give me wisdom. Give me wisdom. And then I think about, look at the ministry, God, that you have allowed me to be a part of. Lord, help me to have 
your wisdom, not, not my wisdom. I'm going to fail. I'm going to mess this thing up. Okay, Lord, give me wisdom. We had a man on our property today. He was on our property yesterday. Okay, He didn't seem to be all there. He might have been under the influence of some things. Okay, The problem was we had a lot of people on the property and we had children out and about on the property. And this is a church. You want to be, people want to be welcome, but I had to make a decision. There's a balance there, isn't there? Safety versus being kind and gracious. And, and we got to do it together. So what do we do? Go out and talk to him. Go out and talk to him. Hey, can we get you a meal? Can we drive you somewhere? But I'm sorry you can't stay here because I don't know you and I got a lot of families to protect right here. You with me? We had a lot of children out in the playground and all over the property because it was parent teacher orientation or excuse me, teacher orientation, and we had a lot of people here. We had to take care of that. Now we thought we did took care of it yesterday, and we didn't know he spent the night somewhere on property. We found out later. It's just the way it is, right? Praise God. Hallelujah. It's exciting stuff, right? <laughs> Brother Kidwell had no idea the guy was sleeping right underneath his window. <laughs> of his office. Okay? We find these things out. It's awesome. It's exciting, right? But we try to take care of it with balance. God, give me wisdom. You know, we could go out in man's flesh and say, Look, buddy, you're under the influence of something. We told you to get lost. But I don't know that. That doesn't sound like Jesus, does it? So we have to have balance and have wisdom here. Okay, we understand that. Let's move on. He says, uh, verse 20. For there is not a just man upon earth that doeth good and sinneth not. Do you hear what he just said? He said, we're all sinners. He said, for all have sinned. Amen. Amen? I got to remember when I'm handling folks like I just told you about that I'm a knucklehead too. That I've messed up too. And I've done some dumb stuff too. Quit amen and so loud. <laughs> Somebody kick him out of here. Amen. All right. Family. <laughs> For there is not a just man upon the earth that doeth good and sinneth not. All right. Uh, Solomon says this a couple different times in the Old Testament. Obviously, Jesus says it in the New Testament, and we see it often. Okay. I want to, uh, I have scripture written down here, and I want to, I want to go to it. It's 1 John chapter 1. And uh, many of you are thinking, for, uh, 1 John 1 9, where it tells us to confess our sins. But there's another part to it, and I would like to look at it and read it real quick as we're considering this thought. Solomon's saying, hey, we know that we're, we're sinners. It's Solomon's context here, what he's saying is, um, back to verse 19, Wisdom strengtheneth the wise more than ten mighty men which are in the city. For there is not a just man upon the earth that doeth good and sinneth not. Is there, what he's saying is, is there a perfect man that doesn't need wisdom of God? He says, no, there's not. That's the context there. But I want to look at verse, uh, 1 John chapter 1 and verse 5. The Bible says here, then, This then is the message which we have heard of him, and declare unto you that God is light, and in, in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. Catch what he's saying here? He's talking to Christians. And we say we're Christians, we say we follow Christ, we say that we're children of God, but then we're over here messing with sin. So it's not right. Because God is light, 
and in him is no darkness at all. And so we say we're followers of him and then we're over here messing in sin. He says it's not right. Verse 7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. Now, to make sure that we understand the balance of that, because somebody could take those verses and say, well, I'm saved. I've reached a point where I don't sin anymore. Look at verse 8. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Let me grab my water here real quick. <coughs> Excuse me. So what he's saying is, hey, we have sin. We understand that. All right. If you, if you say you have no sin, listen. Preacher, is that really something that we need to talk about? Yes, it is. Because there are people in this world, some people think that once you get saved, you don't sin anymore. I don't know how they come to that conclusion. How is it that three puffs of the smoke and all of a sudden this guy's holy, 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 holy of like, like when he speaks is God speaking. You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about the Pope. I don't understand that. Okay. Some of you tease because I say this often about he puts his britches on the same way I put my britches on. You know that he's a man, right? But I'm not even sure he wears britches. Okay. All right. Moving on. Okay. So listen here. Listen here. We don't reach a plateau where we no longer sin. We're flesh. We are, our soul has been redeemed and we're saved. But this fleshly body's not yet. You with me? We're, excuse me, we're waiting on that day when He comes again to redeem our bodies. When the corruptible will put on incorruption. When the mortal shall put on immortality. What's he talking about there? He's talking about two different people. Those that are dead in Christ will arise. That's the corruptible will put on incorruption. And those of us that are alive and remain caught up together with him in the clouds, that's the mortal that puts on immortality. You with me? We're talking about 1 Corinthians 15. Amen? Looking forward to that. So, that being said, this flesh right here. Right? This is sinful. You know it. I know it. Let's accept it. Let's keep that balance. Because there's people that take one verse out of context and run with it. Be careful with that because that's how cults start. That's how false religions start. Because you take one verse and you don't look at the context and you don't look at the rest of Scripture that explains it. And we go off of what a man's wisdom thinks and we start something. Okay? At Prairie Baptist, where I came from years ago, my preacher had a people that were in his church that were believing that once they got saved, they didn't sin anymore. And uh, this started, it, he said, listen, you can't teach that here. I'm not telling you you have to leave, but you can't teach that here. He had told them that. Okay? Because that's not Bible. You know what happened? They started telling, they started teaching people. And he went to them. He said, listen, you can't do that here. So I'm going to have to ask you to leave. Or actually, it worked out better. He said, uh, he said uh, I'm, a, I'm a sinner. And so what you're saying is, is that your preacher's not saved because he's a sinner? And they said, well, I guess we are saying that. I said, he said, why are you in a church where your preacher's not saved? And they left. 
He said, man, that worked out pretty good. But that was a shepherd protecting the flock. Okay? And so we know that's a false doctrine. Okay? I'm going to read it again. Excuse me in my golfs tonight. (coughs) Excuse me of that. Verse 8. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So therefore, that's why we get verse 9. So therefore, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar and His word is not in us. I go back to Ecclesiastes. Forgive me, i got a tickle in my throat. We, uh, we go back to Ecclesiastes and I look back at verse number 21 now. Also, take no heed unto all the words that are spoken, lest thou hear thy servant curse thee. There's one we need to park at for a minute. Okay? <coughs> Excuse me. Take no heed unto all the words that are spoken. What's he saying? He says, don't listen to everything everybody says. Do you hear that? Don't listen to everything everybody says. When you're in leadership, let me remind the deacons tonight. Let me remind some of the staff here tonight. Let me remind myself tonight. When we're in leadership, you're going to be criticized. You know why? Because men are sinners. And so are a lot of the ladies. <laughs> you with me? Yeah. Because we're sinners. Because we're sinners. Listen, I would go nuts trying to worry about all the criticism that comes towards a pastor. I'm, I'm your pastor. I've only been around here like six months now. And I'm telling you what, on Sunday after church, I guarantee you somebody went home and had roast preacher for lunch. I guarantee it. You know why? Because there's a lot of people in this church. There is. I don't know how many members we got, but I tell you what, it, this late, lately this summer, when, you know, when we have power, uh, and we were, when we got all the buses going and all that, we've been pushing 500. Our, 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 our attendance has been climbing a little bit, and uh, the, the biggest, I think the biggest number we've had is 491 lately, and we hit 490 the other day again, and uh, God's just allowing us to grow a little bit. I think our buses are doing well, and praise God for it. In our drive-in crowd, we've had a lot of visitors, and praise the Lord for that. But what that means is, is that there's going to be criticism. There's a lot of people. That's going to happen. And what he's saying here is, take no heed. Also, take no heed. That means don't, don't dwell on it. You're going to be criticized when you're in leadership. Dads are going to be criticized sometimes. Moms are going to be criticized. Uh, uh, leadership's going to be criticized. Deacons and school teachers and all those folks are going to be criticized from time to time. And he says, don't take heed of it. Don't dwell on it. Don't focus on it. Lest thou hear thy servant curse thee. Okay, you're gonna, it's, it's really going to eat you up. you got to have it like, uh, like a duck's back where the water just rolls off the back and you keep going with it. And you got to forgive people. <clears throat> As a youth pastor, man, I had people come in my office and just chew me out. And by the grace of God, as God allows you to forgive people, and then a little time goes by and you're working right alongside them, hand in hand. You know right well in your own life 
that when you're having a bad day and a low point, you're going to say some dumb things you regret. You know that. Look what he says it right here. Look at the next verse, verse 22. For oft times also thine own heart knoweth that thou thyself likewise has cursed others. Huh. Yeah, take the beam out of your own eye, preacher. With me? Yeah, quit going after everybody because they, again, we'd be nuts if we're trying to guard ourselves from all that stuff. All right, let me, let me take you to another couple verses here to be a help to us. Um, let's go to 1 Samuel 10. 1 Samuel 10. This is talking about Saul here. <coughs> Excuse me. This is talking about Saul. And uh, we know Saul was the first king of Israel. He had a good start to him. The Bible says he was humble. He hid among the stuff. If you remember your Bible, he was a little scared at first and was hiding from everybody. Um, and he was humble at first, but his pride got him later. But look at this. He did do something, something well here. Look at uh, verse 26. I'm in 1 Samuel 10, 26. The Bible says here, And Saul also went home to Gibeah, and there went with him a band of men whose hearts God had touched. But the children of Belial said, How shall this man save us? And they despised him and brought him no presents, but he held his peace. That's wise. A king can't be chasing around everybody and saying, Well, you spoke out against me. I'm going to take care of that. Go nuts. Let's go, let's go to another passage here. How about uh, Psalm 38? Psalm 38. Look at verse 12. Psalm 38, 12. The Bible says, They also that seek after my life lay snares for me. And they that seek my hurt speak mischievous things and imagine deceits all the day long. But I, as a deaf man, heard not. And I was as a dumb man that openeth not his mouth. Dumb means that he didn't speak. Okay? Openeth not his mouth. Thus I was as a man that heareth not and in whose mouth are no reproofs. For in thee, O Lord, do I hope that will hear, O Lord my God. This is David talking. All right, the Holy Spirit using him. You remember when David, uh, when he was in Ziglag of the Philistines, the Bible said, I believe it was when he was in Ziglag, uh, uh, the Bible says that uh, the enemy came along and, and remember, uh, attacked his home and took his wives and his children and burnt down everything. And, and there, was, there was a problem there. Remember that? And, the, and the man, his men, his own men, wanted to stone him. They were upset. Because all their, their families and stuff, all that was taken, right? And the Bible says, he just refreshed himself in the Lord. That's what we need to do, is keep our mouths shut. When Jesus Christ went before Pilate, the Bible talks about him being a lamb that goes through the slaughter, just quiet. Yeah, keeping our mouths shut. Because we're going to get criticized, we're going to get attacked. I'm not saying don't defend your family. I'm not saying all that. I'm not saying that you can't stand up for your wife or your husband or what not the case. Let's just be cautious on this thing. Too often we're responding in the flesh. And we're reaping the rewards of the flesh. With me? 
And we look like fools, like idiots. Because we're not in God's wisdom, we're in man's wisdom. Ooh, that felt good, I said that. Ooh, that jab right there. And then we just look like the world. And we sound like them too. Let's be careful with that. He says, Keep, let's, let's be mindful. He says, For oft times also thine own heart knoweth that thou thyself likewise has cursed others. Back in our text here, Ecclesiastes 7, look at verse 23. All this have I proved by wisdom. I said, I will be wise, but it was far from me. That which is far off and exceeding deep, who can find it out? He said, I wanted to be wise. I wanted this wisdom. I wanted God's uh, wisdom, but I realized that it wasn't in my heart. Uh, my man, man's wisdom is so far from God's wisdom. He said, he said, I'm seeking this thing out, but it was far. The Bible says somewhere about uh, when you go after a wise man, it's like, like pulling well, it's like bringing water out of a deep well. It's not, it's not easy for man to get the wisdom of God like that. It's far off. But, but if we ask for it, in the New Testament it tells us, we can have it. Verse number 24. Excuse me, I already read that. Verse 25. I applied my heart to know and to search and to seek out wisdom and the reason of things and to know the wickedness of folly, even of foolishness and madness. Okay, this goes back to chapter 1 and chapter 2 when he's saying, I wanted to know. I sought out wisdom of the earth and a man's wisdom and did much learning and much study. Remember he said it was the weariness of his flesh. So there, it, I kept coming up with vanity. Kept coming up with vanity. That's what man's wisdom brings you to, absent of God. And he's reminding himself of these things. It looks like in the second part of this verse, verse 25... It looks like he says very similar things over and over again. To know the wickedness of folly, even of foolishness and madness. But when I, will, when I looked up that word wickedness, it pointed to immorality. Okay, Wickedness of being immoral. And then, uh, or at least the root of the word pointed to that. And then so a folly and a foolishness acting like the fool and madness. When I looked up that word, the root was pointing towards going so far as, as boasting about it. Okay? So, so wickedness with immoral, immoral things and, and, and folly there and, and acting like a fool and even boasting about it. Verse 26, with that context, look at this. Verse 26, And I find more bitter than death the woman whose heart is snares and nets and her hands as bands, whoso pleases God shall escape from her, but the sinner shall be taken by her. You know what he's talking about there in that context? An immoral woman, woman of the night, or someone who is, uh, you understand all that. It's Proverbs 5 and Proverbs 7. And he said, a man of understanding will escape that. See, so say, I believe in chapter 7, or is it chapter 5? Proverbs 5 or Proverbs 7 is when he talks about a woman like that. And he says, I watch. And he says, a man, he says the man of understanding doesn't go that way. He said, but the simple pass on and are caught by her. And it talks about all uh, her snares and traps that she lays and her, her, her thought process by that. And uh, <clears throat> I'm just going to flip over there real quick in chapter 7 at the end. What it says, Proverbs 7, I believe it's at the end of the chapter. I'll just flip over there real quick and read that. 
Okay? Listen, this this type of thing is real. It's in the world. And it's still catching people today. Okay? Look at at chapter, or I'm going to read here the end of chapter 7. The Bible says, let not, verse 25, let not thine heart decline to her ways. Go not astray in her paths. For she hath cast down many wounded, yea, many strong men have been slain by her. Oh, I can do this. I'm strong enough. Huh. God doesn't God say, how can a man hide fire in his bosom and not be burned? Amen? Don't play around with that stuff. Her house is the way to hell, going down to the chambers of death. It happens to good men and it happens to good women. They mean well, their intentions are right, and the devil puts a snare there and gets them. Because they're not keeping their eyes open and thinking and listening to people that love them, that are trying to warn them, and they just they leave a little door open of sin, and then before long that door is wide open and they're going through it. You know what I'm talking about. Let's be cautious on this thing. Let's be careful. It's sin, and the devil wants to destroy you. Remember, he's a roaring lion, wants to eat you. He wants to destroy you. Yeah, he'd love to destroy me. He'd love to destroy you. Let's be mindful of that. We've got to know our enemy. Let's finish the chapter real quick. We're four minutes after eight. The Bible says here in 20, verse 27, Behold, this have I found, saith the preacher, Counting one by one to find out the account. Meaning, I'm, I'm putting all these things together to understand it. Verse 28. Which yet my soul seeketh, but I find not. One man among a thousand have I found, but a woman among all those have I not found. Saying, I'm, look, I'm looking for a man to stand in the gap. Remember that what Ezekiel said? I'm looking for a, a righteous man. I'm looking for a, a man that wants to please God. And among a thousand of them, there's only one of them. He said, I'm still looking for, for a woman. Proverbs 31. Who can find a virtuous woman? Right? For a price is far above rubies. Praise God for a, a godly woman. And many of you ladies are, and I thank you for that. Verse 29. Lo, this only have I found, that God hath made man upright, but they have sought out many inventions. God made man perfect, didn't he? But he gave him a choice. He said, I don't want you to be a robot. I want you to love me because you choose to. Praise God for for free will that God gave us. That we have choices. The freedom within God to, 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 to do as he pleases and to have a heart to do that. We find great joy. Didn't John say that? Was it 2 John or 3 John? He says, I have great joy to hear that my children walk in truth. They, they choose that. And I get great joy out of that. We give God great pleasure and great joy when we follow what He wants for us. Because we choose it. Praise God for that. He says here, He says, be careful. I know men are sinners. And though God had created them perfect in the beginning, they sinned. Though God wants you to do right in your life, it's easy for you to go your own way. Your own inventions. What you think is right. Man's wisdom. With me? Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what decade you were born in. 
right? If you're young at heart, is that what we're talking about tonight? Senior saints, right? Or if you're brand new uh, to, to, to uh, uh, adulting or whatever they call it now, right? I'm adulting. Whatever that means, Bill. I don't know, man. I pay my own bills. Does that mean I'm adulting? I don't know. Right? You get out of the, the teen group or whatever it is. Okay? Let's please God. Let's do right. Let's live for Him. Here's, here's a man that lived a life of pleasure for a while and realized, hey, that's vanity. Let me go back to God. Here's a man that chased after man's wisdom and said, that's vanity. Let me go back to God. Here's a man that chased after women. Ecclesiastes. There's a man, Solomon, chased after women and said, I'm a fool. Let me go back to God. Amen? Amen. Let's remember that our pride, sometimes we think we're above all that. We're sinners. Let's walk circumspectly in this world. Lord Jesus, thank you for tonight and the Bible study and what you've taught us. Thank you for allowing us to finish the chapter and for the truths of the Word of God. And I pray that you'd help us to be men and women of character that say no to this world and say no to sin and, and the snares and, of the devil, Lord. He's trying to get us. I pray that, God, we would walk with you on a daily basis, that we would be renewed by the inward man day by day, as 1 Corinthians says. Lord, that we would be challenged in the mirror, Lord, in that looking glass, that mirror that James talks about, in the Word of God as we see, as we read and walk with you, God, the, the imperfections in our life that we can confess those things and get rid of them and stay holy before you. God, I pray that that would be us tonight. Help us, Lord. Challenge us. And thank you for these wonderful folks, students of the Bible, Lord. And I pray you'd uh, give us a great night. Bring us back in our places. I think about tomorrow night with school orientation and then uh, Saturday bus calling and, and all of that, Lord, and Sunday uh, services. I pray, God, you would just bless us for the re- remainder of this week. Thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Church family, I love you. And uh, thank you for being here tonight. God bless you. You're dismissed. <laughs>